0: Gentlemen, the show
1: belongs to you and that goldfish. That goldfish? I did it again this week, I pointed the wrong direction. Mike, are you ready? I'm ready. Gabe, you ready in the back? Yes, sir. Let's go then, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another episode of Glass Half Sports. I am one half of your hosting duties. Nick Huffman, as always, joined by my
2: co-host, Mike Mensing. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing well. It's actually uh, getting above freezing here, so... My mood is changing. uh,
1: Yeah, I have been a little bit happier. We've had a little bit more sunshine. Unfortunately, it does sound like we're gonna we have some snow that is on the way for either later today or Saturday. So maybe one last push of winter. Before we can uh, start thinking spring thoughts and with spring comes more sports and more sports comes more news. So why don't you walk everybody through what we have today and where they can find us, Mike?
2: Yeah, we do have a big show for you guys today. So we do have our Minnesota sports roundup. We'll check on our Minnesota sports teams, uh, a few of them in the offseason getting ready, uh, and then a few of them making playoff pushes. Uh, we have a segment called cosine statements today. We're going to talk about NFL. Uh, that's going to be moves that we disagree with or agree with. Yeah, in the NFL. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about nfl stock markets that's going to be nfl free agency specifically and whether or not we see a team trending up or down Uh, we have our sports hot corner and then our 30 under 30 teaser for baseball is going to continue into its second week with two 29 year olds that's right we're gonna work our way backwards yeah and then as always guys we can be found on instagram tiktok facebook twitter spotify youtube patreon and twitch and then On local cable as well here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities area on MCN 6. Or you can use your Roku app to get to MCN 6 if you're outside of that geographical area. Mike, on the ball
1: today, just nails the intro. I think we should just get started on that note. That was absolutely fantastic. We might just put that one on a loop. You'll never have to say it again.
0: I thought he said um, uh, the push. He said something with the word like push a little gentle, but but it was good. Like a little bit of a soft touch there. But harden that up, Mike, and it's perfection. There you go
2: okay thanks (laughs) thanks Gabe uh so let's kick it off with Minnesota Sports Roundup uh we're going to go Vikings vision first so we're going to continue our draft analysis this is going to be week number three um I'll go first actually if you don't mind my player that I want to spotlight yeah absolutely uh Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee yeah Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee so uh it was Hendon Hooker's number one target yeah Um, was All-SEC won the Bolitnikoff, which for those of you who don't know is the NCAA uh, award for the best receiver in the country. All-SEC first team, I think I said that already, uh, team records in touchdowns as well this season. He had 15 on the season. He also had five in one game against Alabama. Six-foot, 185, quick, uh, able to make people miss after the catch as well. We were talking about it pre-show. Uh, He almost looks like Justin Jefferson in a way, long, wiry, quick, kind of creates space in a deceptive way. Yeah, Uh, doesn't look uber athletic, but then you see him pulling away from guys in the back end. Um, I think that this is an interesting receiver to watch. He's fourth on the big board for receivers total. Yep um right around 24 overall rank with our pick at what 23 i believe yep uh kind of fits right there now is he the complimentary receiver that jj needs is he that replacement for adam thielen or do we have enough faith in kj and do we go elsewhere we do have a lot of needs it's Kind of a 50 50 coin on Jalen Hallett right now,
1: yeah. And in my opinion, I think the reason why I think he works so well in a Kevin O'Connell style system is because he notoriously does really well with receivers in that or receivers in this scheme that can chew up cushion and then create space. Um, kind of like playing the chess game, like we saw that a lot with JJ, we saw that a lot with Cooper Cup the year previous. To have another, I mean, even when they were with the Rams, you saw when they brought in Odell, Odell Beckham, you find another guy that's able to chew up space like that. And you really do begin to present real issues for any secondary. Um, I think uh, as a guy that's as smart with some of the read and react stuff that you've told me about that, 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 way Tennessee runs that offense where he's actually also reading a defense puts him in a really good spot to be a part of an offense like this where JJ's already doing a ton of it. Kirk is familiar with a guy like that. Um, you know, and, and his ability to finish too, right. We were talking about that before the show looks a lot like JJ's his, when he catches the ball, he's not getting shoestring tackled. He's always making a man miss. And it's because he's got room to make a move. He's created that type of space. Do You think if you're, if you're truly going to go best player available and he's still sitting there at 23, you have to seriously
2: consider it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely somebody to watch, uh, yeah, coming out of the University of Tennessee, it's going to be a, a really interesting receiver to watch because that offense was so high powered.
1: Yeah, I, I mean Tennessee at one point had the third was had the third highest point total um, in the all, I think all of college football, and that's before Hendon Hooker went
2: out. That's in the SEC as yeah, well. Yeah, so. and so that's good saying football. something. Yeah, good um, football, good athletes that he's beating.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and then on my end, mm-hmm. I think there's a little I. Was watching, you know, Stetson Bennett or in Georgia's Pro Day is what I showed up to watch the other day. And I started and I heard the announcers making whispers of a guy on the other side of the ball okay, by the I, name I, of I, Nolan Smith.
2: I thought you were going to go with Stetson Bennett no. there for
1: a second. <laughs> no. I think that was going to be the earliest I ever left the show. <laughs> um, but I was and then, you know, you hear them talk about him. You hear the kind of guy that he is, the kind of leader that even though he went through that torn peck this year, stayed around the locker room. Then you go back and you're kind of looking at his film. And at six foot three, 238 pounds, he's only seven pounds lighter than a guy that operates a lot like him, who's having a lot of success in Dallas right now, in Micah Parsons. Freak athlete on the field, has the ability to rush the passer as an undersized guy in leverage, can play the middle linebacker position sideline to sideline if you need him to. And from everything we hear out from from out of Georgia, and you can see that not all those guys were attitude wise were perfect. you're kind of seeing it with the defensive tackle mm-hmm. um Jalen Carter right now, but he seems to be the character energy guy in that locker room, and that's saying something if the with the peck injury, he's going to fall a little bit because there's some they want to see what his health is like. You see this as a perfect fit. For Brian, Brian Flores's front, which is going to be multiple, and it's going to be a lot of pressure, where this guy could have a major impact right away.
2: So I didn't watch a whole lot of Georgia's defense this year, but he—I mean, correct me if I'm wrong—he's more of an edge, correct? Yes. With the signing of Marcus Davenport and Danielle Hunter, I think we're technically set at that position. Okay. And that first-round pick to me is just somebody who needs to come in and make an impact immediately. Sure. I don't think you pay. Marcus Davenport $13 million a year to then replace him with your first round draft pick. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I think would the argument would he be better than Marcus Davenport, in my opinion. Yeah, but
1: we've now already made that move. Right. And then part of me wonders if the argument becomes because Zadarius Smith is on his way out. Mm-hmm. That's gonna agree. leave yes. us with an edge rusher available open, like a a pass. So I don't think Davenport's gonna stand up in yeah, pass rush is. situations.
2: He is. He is. That's what he is. Also, he was a four three defensive end. The, the, the Saints pretty much yeah. particularly played cover two. Yep. Man. So they have seven guys in coverage typically. They have four rushing. Okay. And and that's why he only had to have sack last year.
1: But gotcha. his his
2: he is a speed rusher off the edge. He's okay. gonna be the outside linebacker.
1: And then I think the other thing to consider is Daniel Hunter's struggle at times standing up in certain situations to where I mean he's getting to the point in his career where I would not mind. I said this about Everson Griffin as things got got Everson Griffin was the end that you could have kicked into D tackle it in pass rushing situations. I think Daniel Hunter's the, the outside yeah. linebacker that you can kick down to defensive end and then really have an a, another guy Uh, available to you and you got to think at 439 speed it's not like he'd be eliminated from playing middle linebacker just like Micah Parsons does in certain situations where you're facing a run heavy team or somebody that doesn't you know throw the ball over the middle of the field a lot I think he's just a good schematic fit because you can play the matchups with him like you see Dallas do with Micah and it creates so many like would you at any point last year say that Dallas's defensive front was deep
2: uh, at times at times but really it's the micah parsons and dexter lawrence show yeah
1: well it could be the nolan smith and daniel hunter show. you know what
2: i mean like it but does it could, but it could already be the marcus davenport and daniel totally get that so, so it's a one-year proof and, and, deal, and that's the thing is like uh i don't disagree with you that nolan smith would immediately help our defense and boost our defense but where does that put us long-term and that's kind of what we're doing with this entire off season yeah is it's long-term building it's what can we make 2024 be like and kind of moving forward i think this would be a weird move to do okay no but. fair enough
1: fair enough but that's what i mean uh defense obviously has been the the point of emphasis and that's what i guess will kick us into uh taking a look at some of the departures or the um I guess arrivals for the Minnesota Vikings here with uh, Marcus Davenport and Byron Murphy um from nope next one game. this is the other one that we should have remembered to delete uh, with Mark and Davisport and Byron Murphy signings. Go ahead and talk me through what your initial thoughts were when both when the news hit on both of these.
2: yeah, uh Marcus Davenport has been a guy who kind of intrigued me since he came out of college mm-hmm. um, physically looks a lot like Daniel. yeah. Right, uh, big, long, long, long strong. Um, basically, had that sort of upside, just never really realized it. uh Saints gave up, I think, two or three first-round picks to get him back four years ago as well. It, it's it's exactly what you said. It's a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah. Can, can you come into this aggressive defense now, where your job is to pin your ears back and sack the quarterback go, yeah. and, and and get after it? So it's, I think. Hopefully that lights a fire and, and we see Mark Stavenport become a, a player that we hear his name a lot this season. Byron Murphy, that I think that's a great move. I think um, it's a fantastic um, move. Byron Murphy isn't the best corner available by any means, but he's a classy veteran that plays a lot of man-to-man defense and has done it in the slot yeah. and on the outside. He's an experienced 26-year-old that has played a lot of snaps and can kind of come in and help the rookies – or the second year cornerbacks. I apologize. The two second year cornerbacks that are filling out the yeah. cornerback room right now. I believe it's just the 3 of them, correct? Yeah, right now. It's technically right now it's Byron Murphy, Caleb Evans and um Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Booth Huth. Jr. Yep. So, uh it's it, it is looking like an interesting cornerback. Carousel? Sure. Um one more vet would be really interesting and to be honest with the Eagles dropping Darius slay, slay, I think we see number 4 get shipped out. That money possibly goes to Slay. That's what I'd like to see.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Darius Slay is a, is a a bad option. There's a lot of respect there between him and Justin Jefferson. That actually got a lot of play if you go back to week two earlier this season. Um, Kind of similar to the way that you see Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. interact. You know what I mean? It's you, you see it with the Dion program, right? You get a good receiver. You know, Dion's there. The next thing to come is going to be the corner because they want that competition day in and day out to get better, right? Um, so I would agree that, an- that another veteran in Darius Slay would probably be the right way to go. Um, I like the Byron Murphy trade. I think he plays – he's a guy that even though you said he's 26, he's played a lot of football, he's going to be able to play a whole lot more because of the guys that he played with when he came into the league. Tyron Matthew, uh, Tyron Matthew and um, Patrick Peterson, both in that system, when, um, and Buda Baker, all guys – fantastic secondary defenders. Um, He's played the majority of his career in the slot, too. That has been a big problem. Openings over the middle of the field for the Minnesota Vikings. So not only is it an upgrade at the position, it fills a drastic need that we have. Uh, I love that. Um, And then over to Marcus Davenport. My only concern with him, I I agree with everything that you say, is the Saints have actually been able to produce some decent pass rushers, some very decent pass rushers under Dennis Allen under Dennis Allen and for this guy to be as touted as he was coming out to not have to developed in that defense where there have been a lot of other guys that have developed. Is that a cause for concern for you?
2: Yes and no. So there are reasons and then there's players not truly living up to their potential. Okay. Right? So if you look at his career development, first his rookie year, four and a half sacks second year in the league, six sacks getting better third year in the league he gets injured okay fourth year in the league he has nine sacks career high then last year the saints basically go to this cover two man cover five if you want to call it that shell okay uh and you're just basically one on two or one on one every play well everybody knows you're playing man on the back side it's it's tough to get home at that point so 29 combined tackles half a sack not not great statistically but again, 6'6, 265, great body type for what we need. And he's only 26. Yeah. So I think the upside is still possibly there. And I like the deal. I'm not a huge fan of the 13 number, which was a little bit lower, but I like the structure of the deal that he basically is proving himself.
1: Yeah. With, with an, opp- yeah. Out. And he'll have the opportunity to return. So uh, that's all I got. Um, kind of sad to see, by the way, the end of an era for a guy like Adam Thielen. Kind of sad to see the end of an era for a guy like, um Dalvin Tomlinson I thought he was going to not not that Dalvin Tomlinson was an era but he was a good piece of that defense last year and can seems to to me to have been improving in pass rush was excited to see Cam
2: Dantzler go um who do you think Tomlinson has almost been fooling people for the past three years okay fair enough
1: fair enough Um, Who do you think the next two – because there's probably – so we're still $2.5 million over the cap currently. We actually received a cap complaint from the league already, so we're going to need to make a correction here. Who are the next two guys to go, Mike?
2: I think Cook goes. I do too,
1: especially with the re-signing of Alexander Madison.
2: And I think it's going to be a trade. I would agree. Because if we did release him, he would be by far the best running back available in my opinion. Um. gotta be zadarius right in his 13 million to to be honest yeah it's it's zadarius is definitely up there the whole not re-signing kirk thing and allowing him to play out the last year of his contract this year yeah is interesting Uh uh-huh and um,
0: on screen here, I'm sorry. I got the, uh, these are the top 100 NFL free agents. Well, we can't, of, of, agents. Yeah,
1: we can't afford any of them right now because we're $2.5 million over the cap. Wait a second. It was like
0: number two. seven.
2: It was Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. I'm... Let's see. So, I thought like, like seven was seven. Vikings. Yeah. yeah. I thought all those guys were Six gone. Six or seven.
0: Let's see. So everything with red is gone. Like they're signed. Okay. But if you go like, whatever, a little bit down here, they, you, you start getting a bunch of them. So like, right
1: okay I mean yeah there are guys out there but like I said you're gonna have to clear the space like I would take Marcus Peters Marcus Peters has been a part of an aggressive man defense everywhere he's ever been in the league he's also like 30 totally I mean I I get it but you're gonna need a corner I would take Mike
2: Kosicki another tight end dude and get rid of Irv and you're doing the Patriots two tight end thing if you want it yeah
0: um how about the Odell Beckham. the home. great last name, the guy, that Rocket guy. What's his name? Like Rocket something. You know that? No. So oh, I was blown away when I saw it. Asin. Oh, uh, Rocky yeah. That's a cool name. That is a cool name.
1: So you think it's Zadarius then's the most I mean, Dalvin. We're gonna I actually, by the way, we're also likely gonna get the Harrison Smith restructure. I don't know if you've been seeing anything about this. I was checking into it on on Twitter last night, and everything that I see doesn't. Uh, says not only is it a restructure, it's a sizable pay cut for Harrison Smith to stay in Minnesota, which to me means he was the only one of those veterans that actually fucking meant it when he said, I want to retire a Viking. Kirk's looking for money. Dalvin's looking for money. Kendrick's didn't want to restructure. Thielen didn't want to restructure. Harrison Smith was the only one that is currently willing to die on the sword financially to stay with one team his entire career. Massive round of applause to him.
0: I got to ask what you guys think on Thielen really quick. because So I'm from Detroit Lakes, obviously, for anyone who doesn't know. And my Facebook feed, it's like the outrage that I see. I don't know if you guys see it. Just white, you know, white people from northern Minnesota. Just He is such a big deal. That, like he can play a skill position. It's like something that we didn't think we could even do anymore. And he, it's like, the outrage is crazy.
1: He has done more with less yeah. than any, than probably any anybody outside of a guy like Tom Brady. Like, obviously those stories are out there. But if you're talking for like a Minnesota athlete. Oh. By, bar not, for the fact that he was not even invited to a combine. And then at one point for about a two or three year stretch, you could argue that Adam Thielen was a top five
2: receiver in the league. If I'm being completely honest, Adam Thielen probably should have had twelve, thirteen hundred 1,300 yards, and there's no way J.J. should have had the yardage amount that he did. And mm-hmm. if you truly go back and watch the All-22. He's Kirk, open a lot. There were plenty of plays where 19 was open, but Kirk threw it to Justin instead. Yep. Um, Do you think it's a mistake that he is going somewhere? Like I think it's a mistake that we didn't use him in the facility that we should have but because we didn't use him the way that he deserves to be used yeah it's it's the reality of the situation that you have to move on adam I, thielen I, I truly think adam thielen will land somewhere on his feet and probably put up a thousand yards or more next season sure I, don't. I, I think there's
1: an opportunity out there for that if he's the if he he goes somewhere where they're pass heavy and he's like the number 2 right or the even just the slot guy i see his role now is going to be more wes welker than anything it's Put going to be the patriots i i think that's a perfect fit he doesn't get along with well with bill um but for me you what, look at adam you look at adam thielen and you go okay dude you finished in the bottom third of the nfl for wide receivers of 50 targets or higher in separation rate that's awful
2: that's awful He's never, he's, he's never been the one to create a ton of separation.
0: But yeah, I would agree with you. But that, so to me, that is the issue in a sense. He's not athletically gifted. Like he has made, he's carved a deep niche here or
2: niche here. And
0: he is like, he truly, he's respected in the locker room, all that stuff. Right. When he goes to a different club, he doesn't have that athleticism. That's going to make people are now competing with him like an enemy he he's, he's going to be starting over in a real way, yeah. And, and I think it's hard at that age. And I feel like the the it's stacked against him, special,
1: yeah, especially when he's likely going to go to New York and play with Aaron Rodgers because those two are fast friends. Oh, they uh, are. Oh, yeah. Okay, that could help him a lot. That
0: like in a scenario like that, I say yeah, he could get his thousand yards, and I hope he does. I'm not. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry, I did derail that. But also, Teddy Bridgewater is available. I I'd just bring him want in. You guys to know. I'd bring him in. Yes, Minnesota Vikings have just signed Teddy Bridgewater.
1: No, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Got anything else on the Vikes, Mike? Nope. All right, let's move on to burn through the rest of Minnesota sports here. Where do you want to go first? The Minnesota Wild. Sure. All right, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild. And kinda as predicted, Kareem leaves. Take some time off. The offense returns for the Minnesota wild. I, we kind of saw this coming, right? When Kareel is as dominant, a focal point as he is in the wild offense. When you remove him, everyone has to step up and that's what we've noticed. We couldn't buy. We couldn't, we, I don't think we scored this many goals the entire month of the entire month last month. And we've got nine, 17 goals in the last three games. So, this is this is only good things. Obviously, you take the slip-up to Arizona. You don't like to lose that game. Arizona's not a good team. But the offensive output was there for you. Mike, are these uh, signs of good things to come for the Wild?
2: Yeah, I mean, what, points again and again and again and again, just ripping off points, points continuing points, to points, win points, 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 with points. your best player on the bench. Yes. Keep it up, boys. We're watching. That's all we got to say. Honestly, yep. just keep it up um Boston that's gonna be a fun one on Saturday yeah uh Boston's the best team in the NHL by far if not one of the better teams in the NHL ever uh so that's (laughs) gonna be a tough one to can literally are yeah they were the fastest team to 50 like they are ridiculous so that's gonna be the tough one please just get a point and keep on moving forward sure it gets hard now Go Boston New Jersey Washington in that game who do you think gets the nod at goalie because that's gonna be a playoff
1: atmosphere style you know that's the best team in the nhl you're going they're going in there with the targets painted on them right so who do you put in net is it gustafson or do you see if mark andre Fleury can continue to heat himself back up for matchups
2: like this come the playoffs um i don't know i uh i might i might honestly go with gustafson there and just see how he does against uh that type of a talent I would agree. We know what Fleury can do at his best. We technically don't know what Gustafson's true ceiling is. We don't. I might try to find that out before playoffs. I think that's a good idea. Anything else on the wild there, Mike? No. uh, Honestly, just keep holding it. Yeah. We are shocked and happy as Minnesota sports fans right now. So keep it up, boys.
1: Just put one foot in front
2: of the other. Let's get to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, We are currently fourth in the Western Conference. But it's close. We're four points out of first. There we go. Just so keep burning. Basketball.
1: Keep burning away. Um, on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Are they above 500, Mike?
2: I believe so. Let me. Oh. Minnesota time. I wanted to put. Timberwolves. Um, obviously, coming off the loss last night, uh, they are five
1: hundred. Uh, yeah, coming off the loss last night to the Celtics, they were able to beat the Hawks. Uh, they are in complete disarray, and then the Baron Nets team did take them down on Friday as well. Uh, we did get the unfortunate news uh, or injury update on Carl Anthony Towns yesterday as well. Still weeks plural away um, from returning to action. Time to panic about what? I've been panicking about what? What are we panicking about this whole situation with cat? This situation with cat is going to become incredibly, incredibly sticky. Come why
0: not tradable. He's not. Yeah. yeah. Why isn't he tradable? Cause he's, We. He, I mean, that's not good for his
1: stock, right? Like no. it's not good.
2: He hasn't played do, all year. Do you guys not recall what Kawhi did in his last year in San Antonio? No. That's true. That's true. But no, I also he had a th- fake injury and sat out the entire year. Sound familiar? Right after getting his big contract. Yeah, I guess you're not wrong. And then he got traded. Are you
0: making a fucking accusation here? What are you accusing Cat of doing? Being
2: a pussy, like always. What? uh, So you... He's a pussy cat. Haven't we talked about this? It's true. He's the biggest crybaby in the league. Legitimately, though. Like, I'm curious. What's the problem? What's the issue? I just... Maybe
1: it's just atrophy. Like, I'm tired of... I'm tired of the circus. I'm tired of watching it. I'm tired of... What's the circus? The... When's Cat coming back? Oh, this team should—you know—all the hype around
2: what they should be. Okay, and... so th- so that's why you're falling in for the circus. Ugh. You 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 got to be able to see between the lines, right? A little bit. Cat is gone. I would be shocked if Cat ever plays a game as another uh, another game as a wolf. You know, I w- <gasps> I wouldn't disagree. <gasps> no, he's did he, he turn off? what i think you muted mike
0: no i didn't
2: i think you did nope you're good no, i can no. hear you there we go oh, weird no it's been fine <laughs> like i, I really didn't my ears or something? I don't know. yeah i
0: don't know
2: but no i i uh yeah i think cat's done man yeah i do too do you think they stick around playing tournament i i would assume is what we're aiming for now as wolves fans yeah i mean we are only two and a half games out of fourth fourth seed in the west so it's not impossible just got to keep playing uh currently right now we would host a play-in game against the lakers
1: yeah and with lebron's health and everything going on with anthony
2: davis i don't know what they're going to look like come playoff time so i mean the timberwolves are not winning the finals this year so they're just, not even close Let's just uh, watch and see what happens I guess. all right
1: and then uh, last but not least we have good news we do. When it comes to the Minnesota Twins. It's actually good news for the Twins, the Wild, and the Wolves. Do you know why, Mike? Why? Bally Sports North has filed for bankruptcy, so we might actually get our teams back on television. Are you ready to be able to watch three quarters of Minnesota sports that we have been unable to view for the last half decade?
2: Yeah, it's really weird how a company who charges you way too much money for way too few games, is going out of business. It's almost like that's a poor business practice. Maybe the teams that you have under contract, you should show their games to their target demographic. F- yeah. Shocking abs- business yep, development. Goodbye, Bally. Welcome back, Twins Wild. They also gave a massive
0: contract, too, uh, that they paid out for it, too. It's oh, yeah. Like, it's so fucking stupid. Like, oh, yeah. It's like there's some... Um, Uh, i don't know whatever something going on behind the scenes
2: that they were just whoa 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 whoa, whoa! diamond sports group which operates ballet sports regional networks has filed for bankruptcy correct it's a whole bunch of teams yeah a whole bunch of markets hey gabe can you look up who just purchased the saint paul saints yes i can thank you is the diamond sports group it's it's something very close and it was like two days ago so that's very odd two things to do simultaneously if it is the same company
1: unless they're just trying to get out from under Ballet's were, bad sheets the saints
0: were um sold to diamond baseball holdings ah uh, a little probably probably a different company yeah. we will have to look probably into that probably in the same one yeah <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, for, for Minnesota sports fans, um, we should celebrate the return of our sports teams to television, like the second coming of Christ, because I, it's been a bad five years. Okay. I haven't been able to enjoy, like, I know so many of my friends that have just become fans of other teams because they can't watch their own fucking games.
2: Yeah, it's a like like I said, it's a poor business practice, and I'm sure teams have lost some fans due to it. So there we go, guys. All right, well let's keep it moving. Uh, there is, there he is, there, there the man, is. The great one, the great one. Uh, so we'll go to the next segment. This is a new segment. We're gonna call it co-signed Sa- state Yeah, oh, I like, so, it. New I
0: like sta- it. New
2: segment, co-signed statements for NFL free agency. Yeah. So we're gonna go through some NFL free agency moves. And whether or not we agree with them. Yeah. Uh, so Is this will the be the okay. one. They'll look just <laughs>
1: like this. So um, this one was written by, and you you have it on the run sheet there if you want to read off who the author and other publication was for me.
2: Uh, so Stefan Gilmore to Dallas. David Hellman, bloggingtheboys.com.
1: Yep. And he has in his article, article Gilmore brings a similar credibility to a Jalen Ramsey type while coming at a fraction of the cost. With his 2023 salary being at just under $8 million. Mike, we'll start with you. Are you co signing this statement that Stefan Gilmore has a Jalen Ramsey level impact on Dallas's defense?
2: Yeah, he'll be, he'll be the best corner in Dallas. Really? Oh, 100%. Trayvon Diggs' is pick are getting burnt. No in between. Stefan Gilmore is a professional veteran corner that will bring a little bit of stability to that defense. Um, the number that concerns me for me as a viking um under eight million and we have josh all no marcus davenport to 13 yeah i'd much rather have him for eight
1: <laughs> one's 26 one's 32 i said what i said <laughs> fair enough so you're co-signing this <laughs> i'm co-signing there you go what's
0: approved you got to say the word, right? Aren't you guys going
1: to it? I was waiting for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, there we go. Approved. I, I don't think my— <laughs> I don't approved. think my— For me, uh, I'm going to go ahead and deny this one. Denied.
0: Denied.
1: Listen, I would like to think that Stephon Gilmore is going to take the, the, the Dallas Cowboys defense into the stratosphere and become the veteran presence that Trayvon
2: Diggs needs and— I never said he's the veteran presence that Trayvon Diggs needs. I said he's better than Trayvon Diggs. But that wasn't also the statement. The statement was, is he going to have a Jalen Ramsey-level
1: impact? I'm sorry. Jalen Ramsey, to me, will have a bigger impact on the Dolphins' defense than what Stephon Gilmore will have in Dallas. Because as as bad as—and it's funny because it actually comes from the offensive side of the football— both of these teams are early exit playoff teams. So the only way that they can go is up. And what both of them are currently trying to do is overcome the hurdle of their quarterbacks. One of them is middle-of-the-pack Dak Prescott, who led the league in interceptions last year. And the other one is Tua Viola Viola's health. If I were to have to put my money on which player on the defensive side of the ball can maybe help limit scoring in situations where either Dak is having a bad day or Tua isn't available... I'll put my money on Jalen Ramsey.
2: Yeah, um, I just think you, you're you forgetting the fact that Stefan Gilmore is a pretty dang good corner as well. I, I don't disagree that. I think um, he's the smartest corner in the league. And, like, and we're talking impact, right? Yep. That, that's what we're talking about is the specific impact that they're going to make. Miami's secondary was already pretty good. Yeah. So, like, you don't have a ton of room for improvement there how much better do they get with Jalen ramsey yeah they're they're gonna be pretty much a little bit better but just as good they were shut down secondary last year the cowboys secondary and the impact that stefan gilmore makes is on that level you see what i'm saying he's he was the ninth best graded cornerback last year in a bad defense in a bad defense that's true so i don't know I that's think true it's gonna be something to watch There we go gabe which one's next
1: Bingo. So there was a trade between uh, the Carolina Panthers and, and the, the Chicago, Bears. Chicago Bears for the number one <laughs> overall pick. So Brian Diardo Diardo from CBS NFL says Panthers may still trade back after acquiring number one pick torn between quarterbacks. Mike, are you co-signing
2: this statement? No. This is total malarkey, I'll say. Uh, Frank Reich was a quarterback himself. They would not have performed this move if Frank Reich didn't know exactly who he wanted to lead the franchise that he just took over. They know exactly who they're taking. Yeah, I would
1: agree with you. I'm going to go ahead and deny this one as well. Denied. Uh, there's I would I would agree with you. You bring Frank Reich in, who who is a quarterback guy and is a former quarterback for who? The Carolina Panthers. And you're going to say, no, we're just going to we're going to trade that pick away. No, no, no. He's going to have carte blanche over who he wants to take at number one to include if it is Anthony Richardson. I'm sure they would let him do so. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. I think it's CJ Stroud out of Ohio State. Um,
2: So, yeah, no, I'm not buying this at all. Nope. All right, Gabe, whenever you're ready, sir.
1: Ooh. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. So this came from Matt, uh, Matt Johnson at sports. Not he's uh, he says he would be the missing piece for the Jets, turning them into an in the immediate playoff team who could challenge for the AFC East. Like you co-signing that statement.
2: I'm going to co-sign the statement because the Jets had a top 10 defense last year. And I think Aaron Rodgers is still one of the top five talented quarterbacks in the NFL. You put him with Approved. a few good receivers, a few weapons. They have Brees Hall, a top 10 defense, which he hasn't like had in, what, a decade, probably, in Green Bay. Yeah, the Jets are in the playoffs, bud. The AFC East is going to have three playoff teams next year. It's going to be the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. Now, you're probably right, but I don't think they win the arms race. Okay, they might not win the East, but they win a wild card berth. And then you got Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, which is like any other number 12. When you get them in the playoffs, you never know. Well, you can go ahead and call me a negative Nancy
1: because I'm going to go ahead and deny this one as well.
2: You're a negative Nancy.
1: Deny. The statement says he'd be the missing piece and could challenge for the AFC East. I'm sorry.
2: Turning them into an immediate playoff team who could Continue. challenge
1: for the AFC East. If they could. So here's the thing. And they're a playoff team. Um, but I'm going to disagree because two because of two reasons. One, the Bills are going to be back next year. They're going to find a way Josh Allen
2: will find a way to throw away games in the end. Yes. Continue.
1: But they're going to be at the top of that division. And I think Miami with the, they've spent money on that offensive line this year. They went out, they got Jalen Ramsey. They've signed some linebackers. Like they're making improvements and they're going to be in year two of their system. And everybody, the, the biggest key factor here, Mike, before you say anything is everybody in both those organizations are bought in. The jets are getting Aaron Rodgers, who is not, There's a reason he said bring in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and my guys. Why was that? Because I can promise you he's expecting those guys to teach the other receivers and the other pieces of the offense where to be because Aaron ain't showing up for any of that shit, and that's going to show up early in the season, and it's likely going to show up late in the season when you need those buy-in plays to be what gets you the division title The home playoff game, the playoff win. So I'm out on it. I'm out on that statement specifically. I think Aaron Rodgers will put up ridiculous numbers. I think the offense at times will look fantastic in the world, and the Jets will look like world beaters. I don't think it's something that's sustainable because of how number 12 operates. You're forgetting the top 10
2: part. They were damn near a playoff team with three different quarterbacks. One named Mike White. You kidding me, dog? I'm just saying. You put a Hall of Famer on that team, it's instant playoffs. All I'm right. just saying. What's the next one? Next and last. No, uh, we got two more, I believe. We should have Jalen Ramsey
1: and oh. Darren Waller. Um, I actually, this is the last of the graphics that
0: I've got. Let me look in there again, but that really is it. Let me see. I would, Let's see. Oh, I gotcha. 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 Sorry. Coming up. Go ahead, keep talking. I got no. It. You're good,
1: Mike's. Mike's confused as well because I added Aaron Rodgers in late, so he only sees four spots, and we have five players. So Mike's. I don't like change ever. Do you? No. Oh. When's the last time you changed your wardrobe?
2: I definitely was wearing a shirt yesterday that I looked down. And I was like, I've had this for like eight years.
1: Yep. It's time to buy new shirts,
2: Mikey. No, I'm good. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to be buying new shirts, though. Yep. Uh, in the city
1: of Miami, he got his destination pick pretty much. Uh, and what is the name here? Taylor, uh, Tyler Haskins from Draft Network says, Miami won this trade and has catapulted itself into Super Bowl contention. Mike, you co-signing that statement?
2: I am not co-signing that statement because in order to win a Super Bowl, you need a quarterback, and their quarterback doesn't know his name right now. So, denied. denied.
1: yeah, I'm gonna go ahead call me in once again. Oh, I don't have it, I haven't had one of these that I agree with yet, but I'm gonna go ahead and deny this one as well. You are a negative, Nancy. Denied. Because you're right. It's the same argument that I brought up during the Stefan Gilmore thing. Both of these teams are trying to find ways to overcome their quarterback position. And I get it. The 2000s Ravens did it with Trent Dilfer, and I'm sure he was a great quarterback, but I don't think the Dolphins are rolling out Ray Lewis's defense this year to win a Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah, not in today's NFL, I think, uh, with
0: what offenses can do. I was around to watch back in 2000, and I'll just tell you Trent Dilfer was not a
2: very good no, quarterback. No, he was Oh, we know. Yeah. No. We know. He actually almost threw away, what, the divisional round? We yeah. He literally almost threw it away. Yeah. And then he got, like, he basically threw a pick six and got another chance right away to, like, okay, now we're down by four. And then and he go was a the dickhead game. announcer for
1: years after. He was, like, the worst. Yep. Yeah. And and you wonder why, you wonder why Baltimore is so skittish on quarterbacks. <laughs> they had Trent Dilfer, who won a Super Bowl, and they had to commit to. And then guess what else? They had Joe Fluco that they had to commit to. And now
2: they're like, ooh, do I really want to pay Lamar? Uh, Joe Fluco was a fluke because he was, like, good. You came out with the University of Delaware, dog, and won a Super Bowl for them. You you were really going to raise on this, nu- man? His
1: numbers were atrocious. His playoff numbers were great. His regular season numbers were atrocious. All right, let's get to this last one. This all one right. was the most intriguing one out of all of them for me, believe it or not. Darren Waller on his way over to the New York football Giants and Brian or Dan Schneider um, from CBS Fantasy says, from a schematic standpoint, he is a near-perfect fit for what Brian Dable and Mike Kafka have evolved the Giants' pass game to look like. A little context. Um, these two guys created the offenses for Dawson Knox in Buffalo, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, and both of those
2: guys Pretty effective tight ends, Mike. Are you? Yes, yeah, I mean, the I I, I co-sign the statement itself specifically, but from a personnel standpoint, he's not a near perfect fit because you don't have a quarterback that can get him the ball effectively. Mm. Those two tight ends that you brought up had Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. <laughs> Daniel Jones is not. Are we so sure? vanilla? You're telling gonna, me vanilla Vanilla Vic can't turn into. The next diet, vanilla, Vic, light, maybe. What do you mean? Come on now. What are you saying then? Approve or deny? Technically approve. Just because he did say from a schematic standpoint. So X's and O's wise, he is a good fit. Yeah. Personnel wise, not a good fit. Well, I can't go completely
1: negative. I'm also going to go ahead and approve this message. Approved. That one's the that one's the fake out, Gabe told me before the show. The misdirection. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the misdirection. Um, I like this. I think he's gonna be the primary target in the pass game next year. I think with the way that they're gonna be able to do play action with Saquon Barkley being healthy, this is uh what every Walmart level quarterback needs, which is a top level top level safety blanket, and that's who, that's who Darren Waller is. Walmart though, he's He's like Kmart level. No, I I get it. I I I get it. But you get a guy like this to help. Like, hey, if if anything else, if everything else is falling apart around you, find the six foot six guy. This to
2: me just. Have you ever seen somebody with a really nice, like let's say, a Tesla? Parked in their dirt road driveway leading up to their trailer. Like, what are you doing? It's just interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. Park my
1: boat outside my apartment. Kind of right. Thing. Like, what? your priorities, sir, are flipped. I'm,
0: I'm actually getting too close to being in that boat outside the apartment. <laughs>
2: Thanks for the reminder. You're welcome. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, let's go NFL stock market. So this is going to be our free agency segment. Specifically, yes, we talked sir. about trades. Now we're going to talk about free agency. Uh, we are going to talk about three teams that we think are trending up and three teams that we think are trending down. And hey Mike, I'm gonna let you start with your with your uh the
1: teams that you are bullish on. Who do you think has benefited the most so far from free agency?
2: Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, bullish means uh trending upwards. Yeah. Vocabulary okay, for the day. <laughs> uh so I picked the New York Jets. Um Obviously, the biggest move that they're going to be making is a trade technically, but free agent signings are going to allow them to make that trade happen. Yeah. Um, getting Alan Lazard, working on a deal with possible Randall Cobb. I think there's a receiver from the NFC North named Adam Thielen that could fit in nice in the Big Apple as well. Odell Those, Beckham popped his head out Odell of Odell Beckham, way. yeah, who is also on the list from Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Those free agency signings are going to allow their offense to get over that next step yeah um of just you know you can't just throw a hall of fame around a poor team a la joe montana and like the chiefs sure like uh you do need somebody around him and that's what those free agent signings are doing there you go uh who's next uh i have the bears next um i've got to say i'm a little impressed with ryan poles recently yeah um yeah, maybe he's not such a big dumb dumb head. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Nate Davis, Demarcus Walker, TJ Edwards. So they get two really good linebackers to help out their defense. Um I like the Nate Davis move. Yeah, and, and they're and they're staying young, yeah. right? Obviously, we got to touch on the trade that they did, trading out of number one. Getting DJ Moore is huge. And getting DJ Moore in that. Like they are building for the future, and you see that with their free agency moves. Uh, very well done so far, and as terrible as it feels to do so, a little round of applause for Ryan Poles and the Bears front office thus far through free agency. Not quite that much, Gabe. Not quite that much. We don't celebrate the Bears like that. There you go. Thank you. Uh, last but not least my third bullish team is going to be the dallas cowboys and it's for this one simple reason addition by subtraction with letting zeke go they've got money now you actually have a little bit of wiggle room in your pocketbook to go out and make some moves uh bringing back leighton Vander esch um getting stefan gilmore that they couldn't have afforded before exactly so that's kind of why it's interesting to break Up free agency and trades because they do kind of play into each other. But when you make a free agency move, it may allow you the flexibility to make a different move elsewhere. Yep. And letting go of Zeke Elliott was a great move for the Cowboys and their future. Like, and literally to the point that I thought cutting Zeke what made them a top three team in NFL because they haven't really brought anybody else in either. No, you had Tony Pollard. Yeah. You have Tony Pollard. It was time to get rid of Zeke. Yeah. It was probably overdue, to be honest. So congratulations on finally ripping off the band-aid, Dallas.
1: There we go. And then uh, how about the three teams that are uh, you know, toppling down
2: to irrelevancy? Yeah. Um, here? This hurts, but technically you got to be your biggest fan and, and your biggest critic. So the Minnesota Vikings are, are right now in my bottom three of teams in free agency. A lot of big names have been going out the door. Not much has been coming back in. Sure. And I know that that's kind of where we are. We want to get younger, faster, stronger guys. You also got to get better. Yeah. Okay. That's got to be a focus as well. At, at a certain point, you got to play the game. Yeah. It's not a bench press in a 40 contest. So I'm a little concerned, not gonna lie. Uh, my second team is going to be the green Bay Packers. So with Rogers leaving with Lazard leaving with Cobb leaving with Cobb leaving, so they re-sign Aaron Jones, and that's going to be your offense moving forward? Uh, I love me some Aaron Jones, but I disagree, guys. Uh, Jordan Love is not going to be a third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row. No. And what else have you done? Nothing. 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 Um, yeah. Green Bay, to me,
1: actually went from a team that is was going to be able to consistently contend for the NFC North Championship to them just remember i'm going to group them in with tennessee i told you earlier what i thought about tennessee green bay is fighting for that other spot on that list
2: and i don't know man i just really don't see the green bay packers making any moves moving forward that's going to have them like doing anything yeah me either and my third team is going to be the the houston texans uh do, are, do they realize they're an NFL team and that they can like do stuff and sign players? And So I wanted to question, question you on this. So they've currently brought in
1: J- uh, Robert Woods from Tennessee. They've brought in Jimmy Ward from San Francisco. Sheldon Rankins from New York. Kays. And then they, they brought in Case Keenum from Buffalo. So they're moving pieces as... What's the average age of those four guys? They're not young. They're not
2: young. That is true. 30? So they're they're purposefully signing 30 to 31-year-olds that are literally over their prime to, and I'll read the numbers to you, 15, 13, 10, and what? Eight. Eight million for Case Keenum, dog? Who is running this team? Demigo Ryans. (sighs) Not a great start, huh? Oh, a great start for D'Amico. All right. Any other, uh, any other? Little... No, I'd like to, I'd like to hear you talk for a little bit. Let's, let's hear yours. Okay. Um, so you want to start up or down? I think, I think it's your show, man.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I will start with uh, my risers, Gabe, whenever you have the graphic. he hates when I do that. There you go. Um, And I'm going to start with the Chicago Bears, right where you left off. They are the biggest mover in free agency for me to this point. Not only did they add like youth, but they added quality youth, and they added it in places that they really needed it. Like they needed a brand new linebacking core. Check. They needed depth on the defensive front. Check. They needed a weapon for Justin Fields and DJ Moore. I know that was part of that trade. Check. They brought in um, offensive line help to keep Justin Fields upright because that's the quarterback that they've com- committed to. Check. They had the cap space to burn, and I think they've used it really well.
2: I, I like the I like the Travis Homer move too. Yeah. I don't I, I absolutely don't with, hate it. With allowing David Montgomery to walk, I
1: like that move a lot. Second, I'm gonna go with the Carolina Panthers. Now, they are in a bit of a transition. They got out from under Christian McCaffrey. I think they're You saw the Panthers do this uh, in the Cam Newton era era, where they were like, you know what? It's just we've got stars here, but it's time to move on from some of them. They moved on from Jabril and uh, Steve Smith Sr. and some of the running backs and things like that as Cam was a young quarterback. I think they're just getting ahead of it now. And they've started to reset the roster a little bit. Um, They uh, brought in Miles Sanders. I think that's going to be a good part of their platoon running backs. Of running backs that they're going to use moving forward, uh, they bring in Von Bell. I like his skills as a safety. He's going to line up next to um, who's the the young safety that they have that's flying around out there already. You almost won like defensive rookie of the year uh, coming out. So now they have a very strong defensive secondary to go with some pretty terrifying pass rushers uh, in Carolina. Um, and then solidifying positions like tight end or defensive ta- or, uh, and defensive tackle to slow up the run game or improve your own run game, which is something that I'm sure they're going to have to do with a young quarterback, and that's who they're going to take with that number one overall pick. I think you can make an argument that with the way that the uh, NFC South looks right now, the Panthers have kept themselves in contention even or, as long as they get their guy at quarterback.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think the the Von Bell move and Jeremy Chin is who you were looking at. So now your defensive backfield
1: is Jeremy Chin and Von Bell. I'll take that. I'll J. roll. J.C.
2: Horn and Dante Jackson. Yeah, that's pretty freaking good. And then <laughs> your pass rushers are, you got Yader Gross, Matos, uh, Shai Tuttle, who you just brought in, Derek Brown, and then Brian Burns, obviously.
1: And then they, yeah, they bring. So you could make an argument that the Panthers might have the most well-rounded defense in the NFC South right now.
2: Yeah, not a bad. Not a bad route. I mean, technically, Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback right now. Uh, Matt the- Corral, Miles Sanders. So you'll have Miles Sanders. You'll have C.J. Stroud, Terrence Marshall Jr., Shy Smith, and Lovisca Chenault, Hayden Hurst. So you don't really have the receivers. I would agree with you, but I think, okay, the defense is short. And line is not very good.
1: You go into this year's draft, and you go quarterback, receiver, O-line. Those are the things that I'm drafting. Yeah. Yeah, your defense is pretty much set, to be honest. Yeah. So I like the Panthers, and then I am going to give credit to the Chargers for the Eric Eric Kendricks
2: signing. Fuck you for getting his name right after he leaves <laughs> after fucking 10 years. Um, God damn. There's a, lot
1: of, there's a lot of youth on that defense, and me and Mike said that he was – or a lot of veterans on that defense, and me and Mike said that if there was going to be one thing that he needed is he needs to be in a place where the defensive front, the down linemen, are chewing up multiple offensive linemen. So Khalil Mack, Bosa, I'm sure they have a quality defensive tackle in there somewhere, going to allow Kendricks to roam and hit, kind of like he did or like he should in a scheme that he's going to be in. And I think that's a vast improvement, especially with them not losing anybody to free agency. Like they bring back the tackle that was the only guy that could have left this year. Chargers are in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Uh, uh, those are my risers. Herbert is another one of those quarterbacks that it seems like they're almost uh, trying to, Filling around him. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then surprisingly enough, my three two of my three
1: followers are are playoff teams from last year. Um that's kind of how it happens. Um I'm gonna start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, because they lose what, three, five starters? Uh they lose Hargraves to San Francisco. Uh you lose your one of your tackles to uh Tennessee, Miles Sanders out the door, TJ Edwards out the door, Marcus Epps out the door. Um so you're just looking at hey, this team was really competitive, it was really close-knit, but they had to win football games a very specific way. That was very evident, and some of those pieces are leaving. Hargraves was a massive part of that defensive success last year. Epps has been, played a huge role in some of the coverage situations that they've been in. Edwards was a fantastic Roman hit linebacker. Yeah. They're those I, Unless they're going to have a draft this year like they had last year, the Eagles are going to be taking a step back with the guys that they lost. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, the next one is, very, in, in a very similar fashion, is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I do not like when you empty out any position room ever at the starting position, and they lost both of their starting safeties. Now, let's keep in mind, do the Cincinnati Bengals have quality corners? No, they've got middle-of-the-road corners that were being shielded by the safeties that you had, and now both of them are gone. This is a massive hole now in Cincinnati's defense. I know they are attempting to bring in Orlando Brown to improve the offense and keep Joe Burrow upright and maybe just make it a little bit of an arms race, um, but I think they are also going to be taking a step back this year. Their offense, even while Hayden Hurst, is gone. So Joe Burrow's safety blanket leaves. Um, so they fall a little bit, and then last but not least, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. Boy, how do you fire your entire coaching staff? Say that you're going to shop Derek Henry, pretty much be done with Ryan Tannehill. No Malik Willis isn't ready. And then allow uh, a starting offensive lineman, a starting defensive lineman, and one of your weapons go, bye. This might be just a little predictor. My dumpster fire team, my garbage fire wins five games and winds up with the number one overall pick style teams next year because the Titans look like they are in absolute demo mode right
2: now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch as it moves forward. Um this is our bullish and bearish teams for right now. That's all that is. Yep. This is uh going to change. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh all right, let's wrap up the show. We got two segments left. They're both going to be a little bit quicker. We're going to go Sports Hot Corner. First. Yeah. Uh, you want to start UFC or NFL? Let's go. UFC 286 preview and Connor versus Usada? Yeah. Uh, so we can start with the
1: 286 preview and we'll get Gabe's opinion here. Gabe, are you ready for volume three of Leon versus Kamara? Um, I'm actually not
0: as hyped for it as I would have been before this. Okay. I feel like you know, I want is. I was never a big Camaro guy. Now that you guys told me about his whole, um, his injury stuff, like what kind of shape he's in, you're just kind of going. I heard it. I also heard an interview from him and it was just kind of like, he sounds kind of like he's done, you know, like he's on the way out. And I don't know. I I guess I I don't know why that bothers me, but it just kind of does. I'm not that excited. And then if Leon loses, I'm bummed because I want to see a new, but he just feels like a champion who's not going to be here long anyway. He, you know, he upset a giant. He, in an awesome way, he is a...
1: Leon hasn't fighter. lost a fight in
0: eight years. I, okay. What do you think he's going to do? I, I mean, do you think he's going to hold the belt? How many defenses?
1: I I don't think he's... Izzy or Kamara, I, I would right. agree with you there, but I don't think he's a flash in the pan either. He's probably a two, three, maybe four title defense guy. I'm trying to think who's who's behind him in line. Uh, Colby like, Covington.
0: Okay, well I like Gilbert his Burns. Just fine. Uh, maybe that division's kind of like. Enough people have migrated out of there, that
1: Well, and that's why, and I, I this will parlay us right into our next conversation. Um, if you're not all that excited for it, it is happening on Saturday. I will be watching, I'm just intrigued oh, no, to see I'm, how it goes. Yeah, I'll sure. still watch it and everything, but yeah. Um, but that's why there's already some smoke around Connor's next fight being a title fight at 170 for the payday. If he beats Michael Chandler and we got a little bit of news on that last night as well, or actually it was yesterday during the day. Um, Connor McGregor goes on Ariel Hawani's podcast for the MMA hour. Uh, and they had a question for him, uh, about the, uh, they had a question for him about the USADA testing. They just wrapped up the filming for the ultimate fighter word on the street is based on USADA. You got to be in the pool for six months. Connor said, no, we're having a meeting. Pretty much next week, that meeting goes the way that we all think it should. It'll be two clean tests, and I'm ready to go. Do you think, one, this is fair? I mean, Connor has technically not broken any rules. He removed himself from the USADA testing pool, and if he can get granted this exemption due to his injury, he hasn't done anything wrong. But does this give you hope that maybe we get to see him before the fall? And it is a late summer classic, you know, august type fight time frame
2: yeah i think it's i mean it depends on whether or not both fighters kind of agree to it and if everybody's okay with it i see nothing wrong with them yeah right? so like if they come out and say well no we're not going to allow you this exemption <laughs> it is what it is and he just has to wait yep the six the months time right it's i don't know i don't think he did anything wrong and I, I respect the fact that he's basically just trying to move forward and try to move it up yeah gabe your opinion um, I'm
0: still in awe at how much you like Conor McGregor and how you're excited to watch him fight. I, I think am. that he's, I think they gave him a bit of a, I don't want to say like a tomato can because he's a, he's a terrific fighter, Chandler. No, but is, he's, he's like, going to beat the shit out of Michael Chandler and we he, all know it. The fact that he's already said he's going to stand there and bang with him, it like makes me sick for the guy.
1: Like you have a kid. I know. It's like, she if, if, if you like have it's any fun. brains in your head, I get it. Even at 170, Connor should, I'm not afraid of anybody. Connor should scare you. Connor has the ability to piece you up. He's a good, if there's one thing he is, he's a good striker. You probably don't want to stand there with him.
0: Yeah, they're professional fighters. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's odd that anyone would
2: even. Fuck. Like, all right. Uh, next up, we're going to go Lamar Jackson tweet. Yeah. So this uh, was intriguing to me. Obviously, what we're
1: hearing right now, especially through the NFLPA and some of their gripes, is that there is not a market for Lamar Jackson. And we'll get into whether or not you buy that at all here in a second. Um, but the reason that they're feeling collusion is because there's reports out there that Lamar Jackson had turned down a 200 million dollar guaranteed deal. From Baltimore and Lamar rep- replied in a tweet, 200 million. You're kidding. I had three years, 133 guaranteed was the best I was ever offered. The rest is all bullshit. And I got that without an agent. So, first, are you buying that there's no market for Lamar Jackson? No. I don't think I'm not buying it either. There has to be teams out here. If I'm the 49ers and that rumor just started up like 48 hours ago, I'm making a call.
2: Yeah, I don't necessarily think the 49ers are a great fit. Um, The Jets, if they can't, if the Rodgers deal doesn't go through. Here's the thing. There's a trend going on in the next two, three years where there's going to be fewer true quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, If you haven't noticed. Yep. Like, there's half to a quarter of the teams with good quarterbacks instead of half to a three-quarters of the team's quarterbacks, right? There's not four teams that need quarterbacks anymore. Most of them need quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so there's well, definitely a market for Lamar and the thing is his contract is what may be keeping him out of the market for some other teams
1: well but here's the thing if everything that's being reported is hey 200 million dollars 200 million dollars 200 and it's all got to be guaranteed I want the Deshaun Watson deal yada 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 but if he comes out himself and is like no dude the best offer that, I've got, I, that I have received is three years for 133 you know what I would do I would call Lamar if I'm the Colt I'd Pseudo agree to the, the pick deal with, uh, the with Baltimore. And I'd go, okay, you say you haven't turned down 200 million. Here it is guaranteed 50 a year for four years. Take it or leave it. You say you didn't turn it down. I'm giving you the opportunity not to turn it down. Right. Right. But the caveat to this is I just get this outrageous feeling that Lamar doesn't want to be in Baltimore anymore. Oh, I think that's he
2: clear. feels that's clear.
1: burned. Yeah. So even if they did offer him 200 million dollars, I don't think that that is the if 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 Baltimore came to him and they said here's 200 million and then he turned it down and they're going, "Oh, he's being difficult in contract negotiations." Maybe he's going, "No, I'll sign for 175 somewhere." But I want to sign for 175 somewhere, fully guaranteed. That's gonna give a shit about yep. my future. Right. Who's gonna put me around weapons like this? Narrative that it's his problem, that he's the one that's being difficult. I I don't get it. To me, it doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. To be honest, he uh, kind of gave them the middle finger last year, dude. Yeah, and after they did it to him, I think that's open to interpretation because they didn't. He's an injury-prone, scrambling quarterback, Nicholas. He wouldn't have so, to run if you got him any receivers. That's who he is. He's all, Nick, they brought him in to run. He's not a pocket passer. And that's that's the problem with his contract right now is getting $200 million guaranteed. When was the last time he played a full 16-game season? <gasps> I don't think once, right, in his full career?
1: His rookie. Uh, Maybe no, his rookie. He, no, I don't know. He, play, I, he played all his games,
2: but he didn't start. He took over yeah. for Flacco six so, weeks in. but I don't know that's the toughest part like i said i think it's his contract that's holding him back there's a market for him he's needed i hopefully for his sake he doesn't price himself out of a job uh march madness upset so with march madness starting tonight do you have a pick for to win the whole thing do you have anybody maybe a cinderella story you want to watch i don't i haven't really
1: been paying attention the only thing that i that i have heard rumblings of is just how god awful north carolina was this year the fact that they were the preseason number one team and then didn't even make the tournament and then don't then not only did they not make the tournament they think they're too good for playing in the nia tournament i was like that's kind of concerning to me um especially when they brought back a lot of starters but no i haven't paid a ton of attention to uh march madness up to this point you? so
2: the one storyline i want to watch is the fair laid Dickinson Knights head coach came out and said that the more that he watches the video on number one Purdue, the more he thinks that his team has a chance. Well, bud, I hope you're going to be watching a lot and a lot and a lot of video because once the game starts, you don't have a chance. No, not a shot in hell. Uh, But yeah, good luck to all the guys uh, playing in March Madness. That starts tonight.
1: Yeah. And you'll find me uh, likely this weekend down at Diamond Joe's or at a sports book. Uh, probably doing some betting on uh
2: March Madness because it's just that time of year. All righty. Uh with that, we have one segment left, Nicholas.
1: Yeah, let's move on over to our MLB 30 under 30. The second installment of this is gonna be our 29 year olds. Last week we had our 30 year olds that consisted of Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, and who you remember? I failed the test. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge would be the last one. This week, we got Francisco Lindor and Alex Bergman as our 29 year olds. Mike, your thoughts on these guys uh, as top 30 players? Uh, Who's Bergman? Uh, Alex Bergman uh, plays for Bregman.
2: Bregman. Sorry. Bergman. Bregman. Plays for the Houston Astros, third baseman. Yes, sir. Uh, Part of the World Series team in Houston. Um, One of the better third basemen in the game right now can hit and field quite well. Yeah, uh, I would rather have Bregman, to be completely honest with you. I think he's the quiet workhorse. Lindor is the look at me specialist who's going to bat 270. (laughs) Yeah, um, for me, I think one is a
1: five-tool player. The other is a four-tool player. One is more consistent. The other is not. And that's how I see it. Francisco Lindor can do more and is capable of more than his 29-year-old counterpart here. But Bergman, Bregman, Jesus, is, 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 is going to do the four things that he does do well, field, hit, make smart base, run it, you know what I mean? And he's going to do them well above average all of the time. I feel like that is my consensus or feeling on these two. Both of them every year are going to hit above 275, have 20 home runs and 70 RBIs, and they're going to hit in the middle of a, well, a competitive lineup and play gold glove level defense.
2: That's who they are. Yeah. Uh, Lindor has 44 more home runs, 91 more RBIs, a lot more stolen bases. Oh, yeah. That's that fifth tool that the other guy doesn't have. A lot more strikeouts. The exact same batting average. That surprises me, actually. Bregman has a higher on base plus slugging and higher slugging. Yep. Um, Ooh, surprisingly, Lindor has grounded into more double plays as well, even with his speed. Okay. Uh, As far as value, let's see. Same. Uh, Lindor has six higher war in technically one more season. So Lindor has played one more season. Yep. As well. We could Uh-oh. just skip this whole segment. It's it's Lindor's the better player. It's, it's just, close, though. It's it's closer, it's closer than people than would think. think.
0: He brings excitement to your team. He brings those tools. Like if you want to win a World Series, I know that Bregman, or as we'll call him now, Bergman. He's got two uh, of them. What's that? He's I, got two I of them. I know that. Well, I think they use some uh, methods that might have been a little dubious. Did they not just beat the Phillies? Um. Yeah, they did. So we just haven't found out how they were how they Oh, they you. gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, we're waiting. Exactly. We're, wait,
1: we're waiting on a verdict on that one. Yes. Um. I, I mean, I would. I. I would want to agree with you, Gabe. That it's. But it's so much closer than I thought when I re- when I did this list. You know, you're you're looking at uh, Bregman's gonna have is gonna hit get his I think his thousandth career hit. You know, uh, before too long, he's got plenty of home runs. That team's gonna stay competitive, and he's the guy there now. So Lindor, on the other hand, might struggle a little bit with what we've experienced or thought about some of the guys that we talked about last week being washed out. He's got Pete Alonzo around him. You know, they, they're they constantly bringing in other big name free agents, which does shift the spotlight even situationally from time to time.
0: I feel like Lindor just from watching, and, and this is an eye test thing. I know that his stats and everything that they're very comparable and all that yeah. stuff, but... To me, with the eye test, just Lindor brings that thing where if you can get him engaged and like, it's like he has, he's capable of actually having an MVP type year, which I know he hasn't shown, but I, I feel like he has that in his tank. I mean, he has shown it in small.
1: Yeah, yeah he had stretches with, in Cleveland like where done, that was yeah. the case. Yeah.
0: And, and I feel like that's the intangible. Like, if you're really looking at winning a World Series, I just feel like if I'm a GM. You know, if it's between those two, although I have read that Bregman Bergman's, um that his work ethic is like um, next level, like that he's a, a big overachiever sort of. He's going to be protected by your Alvarez his entire Who's career, probably the best hitter now in, in baseball. baseball right? Yep. I mean, up there for sure. Very, very close. He terrifies people. Yeah.
1: So uh, would you put either one of these guys above one of our four from last week?
0: To recap the four from last
1: week. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, Rice Harper. I would not. I wouldn't either. No. Interesting. The 30-year-olds are better. Yeah, than the 29-year-olds, even with the additional year that you could get out of them or the positions and the situations that they've been in. So, uh um, well, situations are situational. I hate that. Yes, Gabe, they are. So... Situations are absolutely situational, and that is a great note to end the show mm-hmm. on. Mike, you want to take us out? No, not no? after that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we that is all we've got for the show today. Make sure that if you enjoyed it, you go and share on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Patreon. <laughs> uh, you can always find us on MCN6 if you are in the... Min- minneapolis or minnesota local area uh saturdays at 10 or on your roku app anytime uh in any place that you can get that thing plugged into a tv Uh, we will be back with you guys next thursday uh as the nfl draft creeps ever closer we will also take a look at i'm sure the Usman versus edwards three um what i would assume would be finale and uh, maybe talk a little baseball as we get closer to the season mike anything you want to let the folks know before we go
2: uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy. Live golf this weekend. makes a return to the United States and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Absolutely. As always, everybody take care, stay safe,
2: have fun.
0: You have no idea how last minute that was that I got to that. I'm so fucking proud of myself right now. You did it, Gabe. You fucking did it.
2: MBC. Our relation to NBC.